There is new life. Go ahead and take a seat this morning. By the way, good to see you guys in all your different jerseys. There seems to be a lot of Cubs representation in here this morning. A little too much, a little too much, but... Caroline, I don't have any jerseys. I was trying to get one, and Carolina came out this morning. She said, here's a soccer jersey. It was her soccer jersey. You could try to wear this. I said, I am not going to wear a crop top on stage. But this is a special Sunday. We have Father's Day Sunday. You guys know me. I'm Pastor Josiah, and this is my father, Pastor Mark, here. And um, I'm going to have all the fathers stand up in a moment, but I just wanted to honor my father this morning as well. You know, we've been doing these, um, you know, these uh, co-teaching on father, Father's Day for I think four years, uh, several years. We didn't know how it was going to go, so we, you know, kind of tested it out a little bit. But it has been um, just a blast doing it. And more importantly, it's been an honor for me to just be able to share, you know, the stage with you, to be able to learn from my father up very close. I always say I think one of the, one of the greatest compliments you can give to a pastor is to say that um, the person that they are on stage is exactly the person that they are off the stage. And I can proudly say that about my father, that he is a man of God on stage, but more importantly, it's the actions behind the scenes that I'm most proud of, of the character and the man that he is, and it has profoundly shaped who I am, and I know our church is so thankful. So can we give it up for Pastor Mark on Father's Day? And very quickly, I'd love to have, if you're a father in the room, would you stand up proudly and can we give a warm, warm, warm round of applause for all the fathers across the room that are part of our church. We thank you. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for everything that you do. And if you could just stand for one second, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just lead us as we go into this. I'm gonna just pray for you right now. We're gonna dive right in to the word. So Father, I thank you I thank you that you have entrusted these men with being dads and fathers, that you've given them such a great responsibility and authority to shape their family, to shape their household. And Father, I ask that you would be with them today. You would allow this to be a day of relaxing, a day of enjoyment, a day of being able to appreciate the things that you have given them because we so appreciate them. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You can take a seat. Amen. Thank you, Josiah. Fathers, I want to remind you that you are men of influence. That your words, your action, but most importantly, your lifestyle has a profound and powerful influence on your children. Never underestimate the power of your influence. I remember years ago when, uh, I think Josiah was probably about four or five years old. I, I may have told you this story before, but I love, I love it. So I'll tell it again. Uh, I was trying to teach him how to pray, 
And so at nighttime, before he went to bed, I, I uh, said, hey, Josiah, men of God, they pray. And I want you to be a man of God. I want you to learn how to pray. And so I said, uh, he said, Dad, well, well, how do I do it? I said, just do what I do. Just follow my lead. He said, okay. So he watched me. And I said, let's kneel. So I knelt beside the bed. Uh, so he knelt beside the bed with me. We put our hands together. He put his hands together. And he's looking at me like this. And then I started to pray. And I said, Jesus, I just thank you that you are so good and that you are in this place and for your love and your mercy and your kindness and your goodness. And I was getting into it. I kind of forgot he was there. <clears throat> and then I, I feel a tug right here. Hey, dad, dad, dad. And I, I looked over him. And he said, dad, and tell him that he's very handsome too. <laughs> and so I said, and Lord, thank you that you are so handsome as well. But it's the power not only of your words, but it's the power of your actions that has the ability to influence the destiny of your children. We're in a series entitled The Ten Commandments, and it just so happens today is the commandment, honor your father and mother. I'm going to read it out of Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. It says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving to you. You need to listen up today because this is one of the most compelling promises. In fact, it's the first commandment attached to a promise. God was so intent that we would follow this commandment that he actually attached a promise to this commandment. And that promise was success and long life, a motivation. And I believe that the template of how our life goes relating to our children, our marriage, our job, the success in our life, oftentimes pivots early on in life in this commandment, honor your father and your mother. And so we're gonna look at four things that honor means. What does it mean to honor your father and your mother? Number one, you have your phones this morning or you have a notebook, write this down. We're talking about ways to honor. Number one, Choose to place great value on your relationship with your parents. You know, it's interesting when we look at the Ten Commandments or the Ten Words as a whole. The first, first four commandments have to deal with our vertical relationship, or in other words, our relationship with God. But the next six commandments deal horizontally with our relationships with others. And as we kind of pass from our relationship with God to the fifth commandment of relationships with others, God focuses in on the first and most important human relationship that we have. It's the relationship with our parents. And he says, honor your father and mother. And this word honor is really important for us to understand in the context of what it means for our life. See, this word honor in the Old Testament was the word, in, in, the, in the Hebrew in the Old Testament, was the word for glory, or it meant weight. In other words, what this word for honor meant, or what God is conveying to us in the original language, is that the role of a parent is a role or an office that carries a lot of weight 
to it. Not just responsibility, but weight in a positional sense as well. That this is the first relationship in our life that has a lot of value, that has a lot of significance. That the role of a parent is a weighty responsibility and has high importance and value in our lives. Honor is not based on performance, but position. You know, I remember when I was, uh, my first role I ever had of being in a position of authority and power. I tell you what, you give a young person too much power too quick, you can do things with them. And I remember my first job I ever had, I was a referee in a soccer league. And I'm, you know, junior high at this point, I'm playing soccer, and they, they, I, I got a summer job to be a soccer referee. And I remember what the feeling of power felt like a little bit. You know, when I didn't have, you know, my referee jersey on, you know, it's kind of like, oh yeah, there's Josiah. But when I came onto that field, I'm nervous the first time. You know, I get my whistle and they give me my shirt. I put my, you know, striped shirt on. I have my whistle. And I don't know, I don't know if it was just me, but I felt like my chest pumped out a little bit more when I walked the field a little bit. I'm walking around and you're making calls and someone goes over the line, you're like, whistle, blow, stop. Come on, ref, that's, you know, we were just down the line, that's your ball, and I go, don't even make me pull out my yellow car. <laughs> oh, ref, don't, don't make me. And I was young, I didn't have a lot of experience, I didn't have years of experience in this role or anything like that, but when I put the jersey on, I was holding a position that gave me influence, that gave me power, and with it brought respect. The role of being a parent is a position that carries with it great responsibility, but it's a, it's a role that also carries with it respect. And oftentimes in our world, we give respect to people that we think have earned it, and in our world, it doesn't often go along with position. But in the economy of God and the way that God runs things and all throughout Scripture, our honor is not just given to people that have performed well or people that deserve it, but our honor is given to positions as well and those that hold it. I know there's many people in this room who have had great parents growing up, parents that you admire, parents that you've learned from and you respect greatly. You have a close relationship. But I also know that on Father's Day, it pokes a certain place in some of our lives where you don't have that story and you have dysfunction in your home growing up or you didn't have both parents in your home. And so to talk about honoring, you say, well, I don't. You don't know who they are, pastor. You don't know what my father did, pastor. I don't want anything to do with that person, pastor. You don't understand. But what God is saying is regardless of how your parents have acted, because of the position that they have, they should be respected, not just on their performance based on the sense of their parenthood. And so our job is to obey 
is to respect and is to show gratitude. And this is a principle that's a relationship template for all relationships in our life that we give honor due to position, not just performance in our work relationships with our managers and our bosses to policemen and firemen to politicians as much as we don't like it sometimes. I don't like how they're handling. I don't like how they're running a city or a state or a country that because they have a position, even if we disagree with the way they perform, we choose to honor and respect the position that they hold. Yeah, thank you, Josiah. We're talking about honor. What does it mean to honor? Not only does it mean to place great value on the relationship, but it also means that you take initiative to improve the relationship. As Josiah said, there are many here in this auditorium that Father's Day does not elicit great feelings of warmth or celebratory feelings, but rather sad feelings. And I've had multiple conversations with people over the years on Father's Day who have told me, I never knew my father, he left before I was born, or I had an abusive father, or a micromanager of a father, or I never heard my father once say he loved me or affirmed me, or I saw him belittle my mother. And so oftentimes there's a negative connotation or feeling. But I want you to know that part of your stepping into the role that God has called you to step into and part of your manhood is to initiate reconciliation where possible. Notice what it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 and 32. It says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. And then it tells us in verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Here's what I want you to know, men and women. I want you to know that part of honoring is you taking initiative, even in a broken relationship. If you're here today and it's been five years since you've spoken to your father or your mother and you say, well, pastor, you don't know who they are. They don't deserve to be spoken to. They hurt me or they uh, disown me or the way they've treated me. I want to say, hey, part of honoring is that you initiate reconciliation. Part of honoring is that you don't live with bitterness in your heart and your soul. Part of honoring is that you make the phone call don't sit by the phone waiting for them to make the phone call. Part of honoring is that you forgive, you release, you show grace. Now, it doesn't mean that you grovel to seek their approval. It doesn't mean that you make yourself vulnerable uh, to hurtful behavior. I'm not talking about submitting yourself to any kind of abusive behavior. I, I'm not talking about denying the past and acting like it did not exist. But I'm talking about you showing honor by treating them the way that God has treated us, you and I, by forgiving us our trespasses. Showing grace and honor even to fathers 
or mothers that have failed us. Can I tell you something, men? Part of your being a cycle breaker, legacy maker, is that you not drag baggage of unforgiveness, bitterness, or resentment into your manhood or into your parenting. It's not enough to say, I'm never gonna be like my father. You know how many men I've heard say, I'm never gonna be like my father, the way he treated my mother, the way he abused alcohol or addiction. And I see men oftentimes yell that out and repeat the same pattern. It's not enough to say that's not who I'm going to be. It takes intentional, deliberate submission to God through Jesus Christ to say, this is, I'm not, it's not about who I'm not going to be. It's about who God has called me to be. Hey, I'm glad you know who you don't want to be, but let me ask you, who do you want to be? What is the kind of man that God has called you to be, the kind of father that God has called you to be? And I'm going to tell you this, unless you re release bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, if you drag that into your marriage, if you drag that into your parenting, if you drag that into your manhood responsibilities, then it will slow you down and it will draw you back to the very thing that you don't want to be. So, Number two of honoring is take initiative. Amen. And number three of honoring, write this down, is recognizing that your parents deserve to be given a sense of respect and obedience. You know, I will never forget when I was growing up in my household, I was a smart mouth fast speaking tongue going all over the place, saying things. I mean, once I would get disciplined, I was on the road to getting 10 more disciplines quick with my mouth. And I will never forget one time with my dad, I was having a conversation with my mom and we were going back and forth at it and I was being some disrespectful bratty high schooler. And I was, uh, you know, talking about my mom and I was talking to her, I was so fresh. I said, you know, get out of here. I walk away from her and I go to find my soulless and dad. And I, you know, left mom super frustrated, I'm venting, and I, I come find my dad somewhere else in the house, and I start telling him, oh, mom, I don't, I don't like how the way she treats me in this, and I don't like this, and I'm, I'm talking about her, I'm, I'm saying, I'm just saying things that aren't right about her, and I remember going on trying to think like, yeah, we're buddies, you know, we're, we're in this together, come on, give me some, you know, some support over here, and, and he stopped me, paused me, said, hold on, Josiah, hold up, stop. He said, I don't want you to keep disrespecting your mother. Don't speak to your mother like that to me. You're not gonna find you know, a, a friend in me that's gonna partner with you in that conversation. And he said this, I'll never forget what he said to me. He looked at me and he made it really clear. Because me and my dad have always been really close growing up. But he said, he made it really clear to me. In one moment, he said this to me. He said, if you have to make me choose between you and your mom, I'll always choose your mom. And he made it really clear in my house where we say, hey, we're close. Hey, we're friends. I, hey, I'm your, I'm your father, and I want a tight relationship with you. But there is a hierarchy in this family. And me and my wife are one. And so when you speak badly about her, you're speaking badly about me. We have a relationship together, so don't disrespect my wife. 
And this is important because if you want your kids to respect you, if you want your kids to respect your spouse, but they see an example or a foundation that is built for them of a pattern of unhealthy practices and disrespect, you better believe that they are going to learn to disrespect. You can't expect your children, men, to respect your spouse if you publicly or privately disrespect her to your children or disrespect her to her face. Wives, you cannot expect for your children to have a high view of, your fa of their father as if every opportunity that you have, you're tearing their father down in their conversation when you're driving them in the car about how your father, how their father doesn't match up and he's a failure. You need to build up, speak life, respect your husband and your wife so that your kids understand there's no cracks in this foundation. Yeah. Because what you pattern will be practiced. What you pattern is much more important than what you preach. What you pattern will be practiced by your children and scriptures telling us and giving us an example to make sure that we have a high respect for our parents, a high respect for our elders, for anybody that's older than you, that we have a high respect. And in our culture, Unlike many other cultures around the world, we have a low respect oftentimes for the elderly of our country. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, you don't understand, but you don't have an iPhone, so you're not, you know. Yeah, you don't even know how to use the web, so kind of you're over here. And we kind of feel sometimes like the elderly of the world are outdated, so their opinions are outdated. But listen to what Scripture says about how we should treat people that are older than us. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1 says this. Do not rebuke, or in other translations, it said, speak harshly to an older man, but encourage him. How? Encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers. And for you single young men in here, younger women as sisters in all purity. Paul and God are giving us a pattern to follow in our relationship with people that may be older than us, that maybe have a different way of viewing things, that you may feel like, I don't really wanna listen, God is saying, treat them, those that are older than you, just like you would treat your father. Treat the older women just like you would treat your mother. And there's a pattern that's established here that we are called to listen to our parents, to honor them, to obey them when we still live in the home, and when we are outside of the home to still listen to them, but there's a different relationship with obedience. It's more of a consider what your parents have to say. We need to make sure that we respect and honor our parents. Amen. And number four, we're talking about what it means to honor, how to follow the fifth commandment, honor your mother and your father. Number four is helping to care for them in their elderly years. Helping to care for them in their elderly years. You know, Proverbs 23, verse 22 says, listen to your father who gave you life. 
How many of you parents have ever said, hey, I gave you life, I can take it away whenever I want? You know, those moments of tension, right? Some of the kids have heard that from you. I gave you life, I can take it away. Don't t test me. It says, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. As Josiah said, there is a tendency, there, there is a tendency to not always appreciate value and respect parents as they grow older. In fact, there's a little bit of a reversal of roles that starts to take place. Your parents at one time took care of you. When you were young, they changed your diaper, they cared for you, they sustained you. And then oftentimes as parents get older and start to go into the aged years, they become weaker, they become more vulnerable, they become more dependent on their children as well. And uh, I remember, uh, my, I think it was my son Grant, who's 22, um, I saw him right over there, uh, when, when he was younger, he would say to, to me and my, my wife, he would say, remember, I'm the one that's going to take care of you when you're older. <laughs> so you better treat me right, he said, because, you know, I'm going to be putting you in a timeout and I'm not going to be giving you stuff. Uh, I, I'm gonna, so, so, so make sure you treat me right because I'm going to be taking care of you. And I would respond right back, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to whine, and I'm going to complain, and I'm going to ask for your money without saying thank you, and I'm going to say, I don't like this food. Give me more food. I said, I'm going to dish it right back to you. <laughs> but seriously, you know, the Bible tells us that um, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, it's actually talking to widows, and it says, give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and the grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. Let me say that again. In other words, it says if you have children, it says the children should learn to take care of their parents and grandparents, repaying them, for this is pleasing to God. How many of you know it's expensive to raise children? Come on, parents. You know, I read somewhere where they actually did a breakdown that if you have a child and you raise them all the way through college, that it costs you about $300,000. Next time you're talking to your college kids, say, you know, you cost me $300,000. It costs a lot of money when you take in consideration putting a roof over their head, their clothes, their expenses, their college, uh, put that into 21 years. It costs a lot of, a lot of, it's a lot of investment of time, of energy and effort. And let me tell you something. Let me just remind you, as your parents get older, it's the cycle of life. They become weaker. They become more dependent. And the roles reverse a little bit, where you find yourself with aged parents actually having to take care of them more, actually having to walked them when at one time they walked, your parents were helping you to learn how to walk. 
Now you're helping your aging parents walk so they don't trip. At one time you were getting groceries for your children, you find yourself getting groceries for your elderly parents. And here's what I want to say. The Bible says that that pleases the heart of God. It says put into practice your religion because it pleases the heart of God. In fact, do you want to know how strongly God feels about that? He goes on to say that if anyone doesn't take care of their own household, especially their own household, they have denied the faith and are worse than an unbeliever. That's how much God feels about that. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. And by the way, I want to give a shout out. My father died when he was 60 years old. So I never really went through that phase. My mother's 83. She's very healthy. But my father-in-law passed away this last year at 92. And I just have to say that I watched my wife with her 92-year-old father as he got older and she loved on him, made him favorite meals, watched over him like I saw her at one time watch over my children. And you know what? My esteem for her just escalated in seeing her do that. And so I want to say, if you're at that phase of life, may God grant you double portion of blessing to be able to honor your parents at this season of life. Amen. Amen. And honoring our parents, it changes in every season. If you're a teenager in the room or you live in, under the roof of your parents, you know the challenge and the struggle of following your parents as you continue to grow in your independence and your parents continue to release a little bit more to you every day. You realize the difficulty of respecting and honoring your parents in that season. And as you go and you become a parent yourself and you're learning to raise your own children, your parents can oftentimes want to really be involved in raising your kids and learning how to respect them in that season as well and to hear them and to honor them. As you are in an older season, like my father mentioned, and you maybe you're taking, par taking care of your parents and they're a a lot of work and you have a lot going on, learning to honor and respect them and not losing that in the midst of how much work it is, is not easy to do. But I love that God, with this command, gives us motivation. With this command, it's actually the first command in the Bible that gives us a promise attached to it. It's incentive to honor and respect our parents at every season of life. Exodus 20, 12 says, honor your father and your mother. And here's the motive, that your days may be long in the land. Ephesians 6, 2, Paul says the same concept in a little bit of a different way. He says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first command with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. This promise, this motivation, this incentive from God that's tied with this command of honoring our father and our mothers is not about longevity of life per se, but it's about the fullness of life that comes when we honor our parents in every season of life. When you honor your parents as they get older, 
and you take care of them and you love them and you respect them, when you do that, God is pleased with that and there is a blessing that falls upon your life and a life that you're able to experience in an abundance that few people are able to experience. When as a teenager you honor and respect your parents, even when you disagree with them, you say, you know what, I'm, I disagree with you, but I'm gonna still choose to honor and to respect you. When you do that, there's a blessing that comes from God, and I love that God doesn't threaten us, but he motivates us with a promise and a blessing, not just in our young years, but throughout our life, that we would have a high respect and honor for these people that God has brought into our lives, our parents, or the people that have taken that parental role in your life. And lastly, as we close our time together, let me remind you that not only is there a promise when we honor our fathers and mothers, but let me try to summarize this. I love the way that Kevin DeYoung summarized honoring your parents. He said, I wanna summarize it in four uh, brief statements or words. Number one, when you're young, it's just yes. Yes in obedience, cheerful obedience. Something powerful when children learn to not fight with their parents over everything, but just learn to say, okay, mom, yes. I'll clean my room, okay, yes. Uh, you honor them that way. Number two, you honor by saying thank you. Thank you. When's the last time you said thank you to your parents? When's the last time you've just said, thank you for your hard work? Thank you for, you know, meals prepared. Thank you for driving me to school. Thank you for the way you raised me. There's something powerful about a thank you. Number three, I'm sorry. If your relationship isn't good right now, there's something about saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry our relationship is broken down. I'm sorry we're not as close as I would like to be. I'm sorry that sometimes I have not understood you. There's something powerful about that. And lastly, hello. If your parents are older, if they're living somewhere else, if they're out of state, there's something about calling them occasionally. I know your life is busy, but calling them up and just saying, hello. Hey, how you doing, mom? How you doing, dad? I try to do that with my mom who lives in Spain, and we FaceTime. Normally, I'm just mainly seeing her eye because she gets it really close and say, hey, mom, pull it out a little bit. You know, it's technology, but she's putting it close, and I say, mom, I see your eye really well. So just kind of pull it out a little bit. But it's that a whole idea of staying involved in your parents' life, even though they may be distant, they may be at an independent living facility or whatever the situation may be. There's something powerful. You say, well, you don't know when I call them up, you know, they tell me the same stories over and over. Hey, you know how many times they listen to your story over and over when you were three or four years old? Uh, why don't you just show a little grace and show a little patience, especially as they get older? I'm gonna ask you to stand with me right now. As the worship team makes their way forward, we're gonna, we're gonna end with a prayer. But I wanna say this. At the beginning of this service, I'm speaking to you men, 
you saw three men give a testimony of how they surrendered their life to God through Jesus Christ. Some of these men a few months ago were standing or sitting where you have been in this auditorium. I believe that God is calling people to himself all the time. I believe that God is alive, that he's speaking, that he draws men and women unto himself. But I, today, specifically on Father's Day, I'm burdened for men. And I believe that if God has been calling you, if God has been reaching out to you, I don't have to tell you, you know. I don't have to convince you. You've already heard his whisper. You've already been awakened by his call. You've already sensed in your life, hey, what am I doing? I need to change. I need to get right with God. I need to make my way to God. And maybe you're here today and you don't, you don't even know how that happens. Or maybe you're here today just because a son or daughter invited you to Father's Day. But in your heart, as I'm speaking, you know that God is drawing you to himself. The three men at the beginning of this service, they told you their stories. A divorce, a difficulty, but awakening that happened and they did, well, what men did at the earlier service as I called them and say, is God calling you? They made their way forward publicly to say, yes, I need to give my life to God. I can't wait. God is calling me. And today I'm willing to surrender my life to God through Jesus Christ. I'm wondering if on this Father's Day, there are some men here today that God is calling you to be a cycle breaker, legacy maker. If God is calling you to say, hey, the first step is surrendering your life to God through his son, Jesus Christ, and taking the step that these men took that they said, yes, I want to follow Jesus. Yes, I want to die to myself and say yes to the Lord. I'm tired of living my life and running my life by myself. I need to surrender to God and they followed through with the step of baptism. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need to give my life to God. I know he called me here. I've sensed the tug. I've never given my life to Christ before. I've never surrendered, but I know God is calling me. Then I'm just gonna ask that you raise your hand and say, yeah, this is, I, I need to do that. I, I, I need to give my life to God. I need to surrender to God. Is there anybody that you know, today I need to give my life to God. I may be able to, See, I'm not sure if I'm seeing any hands here. I need to give my life to God. I need to surrender. Okay, I'm gonna let God work in your life. If there's some men that God is calling, today is the day. Do not let this day go by without saying, I surrender to you, Lord. And here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask all the men that are fathers today, if you would make your way forward. Could you do that? Let's give it up for all the men that are fathers. All the men that are fathers, just make your way to the front. Come on, men. Come on, let's keep giving it up for these men. Come on, let's celebrate. Yeah, we got some room at the front. On this Father's Day, I want to bless you. Your job is not easy. Some of you as fathers are, well, you're at a season of life maybe that you're raising small children. 
And some of you are at a season in life that you look at your kids and you think, how could I have a kid that old? How could I have a son that's gray already? You're, some of you are looking like, wait a second. I, I just want to say this to you fathers. Do not underestimate the influence that you have. You say, Pastor, you don't know my kids don't listen to me. No, don't underestimate your influence, your spiritual influence, your relational influence, and your example influence. I believe that there's repercussions when you say yes to God that splashes over to your kid's life and their grandchildren's life. I believe that some of you here are experiencing the blessing of your grandparents and your father, and you're experiencing some of the struggles. The sins of the parents fall into the laps of their children, but so do the blessings. Some of you are struggling with things right now because your dad never broke the cycle, and so that cycle fell into your laps. But some of you are experiencing a blessing because your dad broke a cycle, and you're experiencing that. But I, can I call you? It's time, men, to be cycle breakers. It's time to, you, to break cycles so that you don't pass it down to your children and their children and their children and their children. And it's a challenge. It's difficult. Yeah, it's a challenge. It's difficult. But as we've said at the Men's Encounter Retreat, there's a bold step to take. There's a cycle to break because there's a legacy to make. And so today on this Father's Day, I want to bless you, but there's some, some of you may need to take some bold steps. Some of you may need to call up a son, a daughter. As I talked to one brother after our, our last service, and he was with tears in his eyes sharing how his life has changed, but how he regrets the way he raised his children and the way he spoke to his mother. And I said, brother, you can't do anything about the past but you can do something about the present and the future. And you may need to gather your family together and say, you know what? This is a new day. I'm a man of God now. And I want to apologize for the way that I raised you and for what I did. But this is a new day. We're going forward in a different direction. Hey, can I ask you, um, can I ask you to do something? He doesn't know I'm asking for, so. If it's a hundred bucks to loan, you know. <laughs> I think um, one of the things in, in, that I encounter a lot of times with men is that men of all different ages have never been blessed by a father, so they don't know how to bless. And I think that there's something powerful about seeing an example and for having to be blessed. The Bible talks about, I was just reading in Matthew about the blessing that's given, but also the blessing that can be taken away. Mm. And some men don't know how to do it because they've never been blessed. Mm. You were never blessed by your father. You were never had those words spoken into you that, I, that define your identity and you as a man. And so it's very difficult to bless if you haven't been blessed. And I know that we have a big crowd here, but I thought it would be powerful if you maybe took somebody and blessed them on stage to give an example to the men in the room of how to do. Um, Come on, I love that. So here's, 
I know who I want. I know who I want to bless too. Hey, Grant. Hey, Grant. Grant's my, um, Grant's my, my younger son. He's 22 years old, a junior at U of I. And I, 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 want, to bless, I, I want to bless him. I, I know we didn't plan on this, but since Josiah brought it up, I want to bless him. So I want to just tell you the power of a blessing. My father blessed me. I was never the same after. It wasn't a one-time blessing. It was an ongoing words of affirmation that spoke into my identity and who I was that allowed me to have the confidence to be able to lead. So when you bless, you see something in people that maybe they don't even see themselves. You affirm it. You call it out. And you ask that God would pour his favor. Grant, I've known you since you were... A twinkle in your mother's eye. And you know, before you were born, you've heard these stories because I've told you. Before you were born, the doctor was concerned that something may go wrong with the pregnancy and we were worried about it as well. And I went and prayed. I said, oh God, have your hand on this baby. Lord, affirm it. And as I was praying, felt like God gave me an image of a fighter, a warrior. He's going to be like a Samson. He's going to be strong. And you need to channel that energy. I didn't even know you were a boy yet. They hadn't told me if it was a girl or a boy. And so I went and they did an ultrasound. And as the, as the guy was doing the ultrasound, he said, oh, he's going to be a fighter because you had your hands like this. And he said, he's in a boy. I said, I already knew that. And tears came down my eyes because I knew that God had a plan for you. And Grant, here's what I see in you. I see a strong man of God in the making. You have more influence than what you know. I've seen you influence your friends. I've seen you stand under peer pressure. I've seen you speak into other. In fact, I've seen you lead men, even though you're only 22. I see a leader in you that's strong in intellect, but that has a heart that wants to do what's right. I see a man that loves honor. I see a man that understands vision. I see a man with a calling upon his life. I've seen you reach out to friends that don't know Jesus and have a burden for them and reach out to them. I've seen you try to be that manly man, but inside I've seen that breaking of compassion inside that tender side of you that I've seen that. I believe that you have a strong call of God upon your life. I see it. I'm proud, very proud to be your father. And I pray the blessing of God upon your life. May God's favor flow upon you. May God lead you to the woman that one day you're going to marry. May you raise your children in a godly way. May you fulfill the purpose and the call of, of, of God upon your life. May God use that strong intellect and curious mind to do things for his kingdom. May the Lord protect you and watch over you and carve a path before you. I pray this over you 
In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe, maybe you've never received a blessing. Could you just raise your hands to the Lord right now? You cannot give what you have not received. But today, whether you've received a blessing from your father or not, could I give it to you? I'm not your father, but I'm your pastor. I bless you in Jesus' name. I declare that there's things in you that you have never seen about yourself, that the enemy has lied to you about, that you have more to give than what you know, more influence than what you understand. You've been made in the image of God. The Holy Spirit has planted power in you that you don't know that you have. There's a vulnerability that you hide from. There's a weakness that you're afraid that others will see. But I want to say that your weakness is your strength. When you come before God and acknowledge your weakness, He is made strong in your weakness. So don't run from it. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace the weakness that you have, understanding that God is your strength. You have a blessing to give. You have the power to convey blessing, especially upon your children. And if you're married upon your wife, and so I encourage you, be a man of blessing. May it flow in, in you and out of you. May you bless those around you. May those around you rise up one day and say, thank you for dad or grandfather. Thank you for the man that influenced my life, that spoke into me, that influenced my destiny. May God make you cycle breakers and legacy makers. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Happy Father's Day. Hey, we're going to dismiss right now. The worship team is going to sing a song, but we're going to dismiss. I know you have places to go, lunch appointments to make. Hey, treat your dad for lunch if you can, please. Don't make him pay the bill or at least make a meal for him. God bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful day.